Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And I want to make this commitment to you, to my colleagues here and on the other side of the aisle as well. My office is going to be known for trust and transparency and accountability. For good stewardship of the people's treasure. For the honesty and integrity that is incumbent upon us, all of us, here in the people's house. That's the new Speaker of the House, and nobody has mocked the idea of how unimportant this is or important than me over the last several weeks. But Mike Johnson is the new Speaker of the House, and I thought some of the coverage in the wide world of news about the media response to him is kind of interesting. At first, here's a little from uh, Jeffries. He's the Democratic leader in the House, part of uh, his little speech right before. Introducing Mike Johnson, yeah. Well, this is not, that's not what this is. This oh, is, it isn't? This might be in oh. that. I don't know where it came from. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Throughout the years, presidents from Ronald Reagan to Barack Obama, Dwight Eisenhower to Lyndon Baines Johnson have spoken to this chamber and urged us to put aside partisan politics for the good of the American people. Wow. He's killing. Listen, Have you seen Hakeem Jeffries' nightclub act? Listen to the comedy bit he was doing there. Oh. <laughs> the way everybody laughed at that. Everybody just guffawed. Well, he barely got through it. <laughs> he barely got Dwight Eisenhower. And, and Nancy put. Everybody has said to reach across the aisle. He barely could get through it. And then everybody just throws back their head in laughter. Like it's Kevin Hart or something. <laughs> wow, it's just, it's in the open now. No, we don't mean any of this. <laughs> well, we do know, you? No, we don't either. <laughs> and we know none of us are going to do it. And we know we would all get 
uh, primaried by our own party if we tried and get booted out of Congress. (laughs) We need like the eight, ten second version of that clip so we can play it repeatedly. (laughs) That is one of it's horrible, but it's one of the best things I've heard this month. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's one of the most honest things I've heard out of politics this month. Put that in the corral for clips of the year, Hanson. He could have said, we all know that if we reached across the aisle and got caught, we'd get primaried by our own party and no longer be in Congress. Right. Because that's true for almost everybody everywhere in the United States. What's important is not to solve the issues, it's to have the issues. I have to keep going back to finding his name because I keep forgetting it. Mike Johnson. Johnson. Is that a made-up name? It's easy to... Exactly. It sounds like a a, a name a teenager uses when they're doing a a phone prank. So Mark Halperin's reading of this as a journalist covering it said, Among the many doubters, the dominant media, which the foreseeable future, for the foreseeable future, will do the bidding of the Democratic allies trying to bring him down. Unless Johnson devotes considerable amounts of his in-demand time to courting the press, he will not be cast as what he is. Gracious... Funny and smart. All traits on vivid display Wednesday. I didn't catch much of his act, but did he come off as uh, gracious, funny, and smart? Oh, yeah. He is extremely bright. I happen to do a bit of a dive into some committee hearings where he questioned people or did speeches or something, stuff like that. I, I don't doubt that Kevin McCarthy was effective at making deals and raising money and the rest of it, but he was never uh, an effective articulator of conservative values at all. Uh, Johnson is sharp. A-plus sharp. This uh, commentary goes on. Instead, you can already see the extreme anti-conservative bias in the coverage. Terms such as hard line, hard right, and far right, whose analogs would never be applied by the dominant media to say Nancy Pelosi. They would never say way left liberal progressive Nancy Pelosi. No, she's just kind of a mainstream doing her job. First woman speaker, don't you know? Uh, But this is a hard right, far right wacko. Are framing the coverage so far, along with an emphasis on Johnson's role in the aftermath of the 2020 election, his positions on abortion and and LGBTQ rights. To be sure, these aspects of Johnson's history and views are part of what the public should know about him, but the Democrats and dominant media are determined to define him exclusively along these lines. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That was the coverage I saw. They, They labeled him with this stuff. Don't expect any glowing looks at his gee whiz success story or admiring frame about his unexpected rise and ability to bring his party together. You can easily see that if, if this was some Democrat that was kind of unknown who launched to the Speaker House, it'd be never-ending stories about the amazing chess game that was played by this brilliant maneuver in Washington, D.C. to climb to the top and blah, blah, blah. No, no none of that. I remember when Hakeem Jeffries uh, ascended to minority leader, the, the glowing, fawning tributes to him. And I thought you should read this. On the leading edge of this effort to define him is the Washington Post's Ruth Marcus, who suggests the new speaker is a Jim Jordan in lamb's clothing and then highlights an oft-quoted Johnson declaration. Running for Congress in 2016, he described himself as a Christian, a husband, a father, a lifelong conservative, constitutional law attorney, and a small business owner in that order. A and monster. I think, and I think that order is important, Johnson said he had... He had been called to legal ministry, and I've been out on the front lines of the culture war defending religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and biblical values, including the defense of traditional marriage and other ideals like these when they've been under assault. The left reads that paragraph and sees Satan. The right reads that paragraph and sees a good man, but the left controls the dominant media, so you know what you're going to hear. 
And, and what offends my sense of logic more than ideology or anything like that is that, like the gay marriage thing, he is on the record as being against gay marriage. And he could be the Speaker of the House, he could be the President, he could be about anything. And there aren't the votes to do anything That's about it. That's not so, what I heard on NPR yesterday. It's gay. like if I was in favor of polygamy, it's it's immaterial because it's not going anywhere. The legality of gay marriage is seriously under threat with him as speaker. I heard it on NPR, so it's got to be yeah, true. Yeah, explain that process to me, uh, NPR. How would that work? Go ahead. Uh, tell me about that very first committee meeting or vote. Just uh, fear sells. Fear sells. Get up in arms. You're under threat. That sells clicks, man. So he might be speaker for the next 15 years or six months. I have no idea which. And we'll talk about him. 15 days, hell. 15, we talked about him again someday, probably. Yeah. Seems like a good guy, though. Interesting to uh, watch his career uh, progress. Ah, uh, this, uh, you know, I was thinking of saying this is the worst thing I've heard, uh, but that would be disrespectful to some of the horrors going on in the world. Let me just say that clip number 10, Michael, is uh, it, it's 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 awful. It is just awful. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and roll it. Did you see where Brittany Mahomes and um Taylor Swift chest bump? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought it was uh, interesting uh, that my bowlers was hitting each other, you know. Little turn on. Little turn on. O.J. Simpson discussing how Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes' chest bump turned him on. I recognize that murderous voice. Number 32 for the USC Trojans, O.J. Simpson. So he was on a podcast or something? Yeah. Everybody hang on to your sunglasses. All right, that's a little tip. <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't quite understand what they were saying, though. What? what do we, or does that matter? Is it just the fact that O.J. was commenting on it? Yeah, it was just crosstalk, and he just said it was hot. All right, OJ. How is he still alive? God, I'm sure there's a lesson in this for all of us. I'm just too thick to have appreciated it. There is some lesson in that sort of thing, in that if you're you're expecting, you know, the the arc of history to bend toward justice, you know, quickly and in your lifetime, whether it's OJ Simpson or somebody who screwed you in a business deal or whatever, you're just going to make yourself miserable. That ain't the way things work. Yeah. Number one, I think the arc of history uh, bends toward entropy, chaos, and, uh, and and nasty, brutish, and short life. Uh, the other lesson I have always taken from that phrase is that makes it sound like some sort of inevitability. Yeah. No, that's our job. What do you mean to our job? Human being? Bending bending the arc of history toward oh. uh, justice. It's it's not inevitable at all. In fact, the opposite is inevitable unless we do our part. But, but the lesson uh, of OJ still walks the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. yeah. And the lesson there is yeah, you can't you can't, you know, don't expect uh, justice to be rained down at least in this lifetime on whoever you're angry at or you know, I try to remember that all the time. <laughs> So the hot, hot phrase on campus these days that's justifying all sorts of pro-terrorism, anti-Jew horror is is the concept of settler colonialism. They're all spouting about that. We can talk about that a little bit later on a lighter note because I'm just not in the mood to take on the weight of the world. TikTok trend where female users took bee pollen to grow their breasts is causing serious allergy problems. Oh, God. 
it's time for the turtles or the beavers or something. Is it, speaking of God and the arc of history and the rest of it, at the point that we're acting like this, isn't it time to blow the whistle? It's like when a high school football game gets out of hand and the ref just blows the whistle, waves their arms, said, this game is over. Their days, man, their days. Give it to the turtles. Okay, before we take a break, I was just looking up at ABC News, and they had up there 6,500 Palestinians have been killed. The president said this yesterday. In the 18 days since Hamas Hamas killed 1,400 Israelis, the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry says Israeli forces have killed over 6,000 Palestinians, including 2,700 children. You've previously asked Netanyahu to minimize civilian casualties. Do these numbers say to you that he is ignoring that message? What they say to me is I have no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war. I think we should be incredibly careful. I think not we, the Israelis should be incredibly careful to be sure that they're focusing on going after the folks that are propagating this war against Israel. And, uh, And it's against their interest when that doesn't happen. But I have no confidence in the number that the Palestinians are using. You're the leader of your own ideology says he has no confidence in those numbers and they don't mean anything. Yet it continues to be on my TV screen, newspaper headlines every single day. It's weird. There's a long history of wild exaggerations of casualty numbers by Hamas, by the PLO and the PLA. It's what they do. It's the exact same organization that said Israeli rockets hit the hospital. It's the exact same person yeah, putting out these numbers. All right, whatever. We need better media. We really, really I, do. I'd say. Um, Don't watch the news. Good decision, son. <sighs> that uh, killer's still on the loose. We'll probably hit on that story at some point, but not dwell on it, among other things, on the way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Adam McDonald's in the UK. One mom said that she found a cigarette butt in her son's Happy Meal. <laughs> a cigarette butt in a Happy Meal. Meanwhile, in a Burger King kids meal, that's the toy. Play with it all you want. Come back, get it, collect all the cigarette butts you want. <laughs> why, why elevating McDonald's above Burger King in such a way? I, uh, I, I got to admit, I have a slight feeling in that direction. Oh, really? You feel McDonald's is a is a cut? They're not co-equal branches of the fast food industry, but but the one is uh, elevated above the other. Interesting. I, I can't cite any you know? reasonable reason for that it's funny you i'm say just that. admitting to it i did that last we ate at mcdonald's last night so i picked up my son from football and i uh, and i started driving he said where are you going because i wasn't headed toward home and i said we're having a cheat day because we've been trying to eat healthy i mean mm-hmm. like including a vegetable and all these different things like like normal parents and uh <laughs> but anyway i just it was the, the cheat day was driven more by that i was tired it was a long day i didn't i just couldn't bring myself to prepare a meal and so we went to mcdonald's and I chose McDonald's. He likes Burger King more, and I chose McDonald's because I feel like it's a cut above. Anyway, if you haven't been to a McDonald's since they've renovated, it's it's a definitely a different vibe. Just the way the way it looks, just the the, the the technology. It's a lot closer to a Starbucks feel than like a Burger King feel in terms of what it's like inside now. The food's still well. They they change the food. Whether you would notice a difference or not, I don't know, but. Well, I should be commenting. I have no more right to enter a conversation with you about fast food than than you should argue with me about golf course design. I just, I'm I'm out of that world. I stand. I kneel humbly at your feet to receive your wisdom. I had that first bite of a quarter pounder with cheese, and I was like, "This is so good." I mean, oh my god, it's just delicious. It's not choking it down. It's delicious. Now, when I was done eating it. I felt like I was going to die and wish I hadn't done it, but and not all food does that to you. Um, which leads me to this kind of different thing that I wanted to well, talk you about. Got, you got no spleen, right, or a liver or something like that? I got my spleen and liver. I have no gallbladder. Ah, that's the one. But luckily, that hasn't slowed me down. Uh, and then we got, I'm just, I'm a bad parent. I'm going to get my kids taken away from me. We, we ate the food and then... Uh, and then we had the, uh, what's the dessert at McDonald's, Michael? You probably know. The McFlurry. McFlurry. God, that's a good dessert. That's another thing. If they served a McFlurry at a nice restaurant and gave it a different name, you'd say, oh, can we get the ice cream treat, whatever the fancy name, probably have some mm. French name. But you put a muck in front of it and people mock it like it's white trash food. It's delicious. They mock the muck. Um, this is why you're fat, new study finds. It is what a lot of people have thought for a long time. High fructose corn syrup. They're not exactly sure why it does what it does to our body, but there's something about taking that in that slows down your metabolism, makes it hard to uh, to 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 uh, use up fat and stuff like that and calories. It's just bad all the way around. Bill Maher's been huge in high fructose corn syrup for years. Just the chart line of that in food and obesity is like parallel. And has been for decades. And I, I wonder if at the end of the day, that's not going to be like the number one contributor. High fructose corn syrup. I've never come across an argument in opposition to what you just said. So I, I suspect you're right. Yeah. Or, or it's certainly a possibility. 
Yeah, and even in this latest study, they don't understand exactly why it does to us what it does to us, but it just clearly seems to. So that's what I need to watch out for. There's probably a whole bunch of it in a quarter pounder with cheese, as far as I know. Yeah, maybe you can think about that next time you're wolfing down McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's was packed full of, uh, of, of like, college kids having a great time. It looked like a McDonald's commercial in there last night. Wow. Okay. It didn't That's have great. the it didn't have the sad look that it used to have. <laughs> Maybe the college kids weren't chanting in favor of terrorism or wiping out the Jews or anything like they that. Weren't That's at, good. They weren't at the time. They just seemed to be enjoying their uh, their meals. So I want to talk about this uh, doctrine of settler colonialism, the la- the latest ultra oversimplified doctrine taught by professors so that the youngsters can get all angry and up in arms and feel self-righteous it's so transparent and dumb it would be funny if it weren't so dangerous so a little more on that to come and that mass shooter from last night if you've been following that story he's still on the loose hopefully he's dead if you miss a segment of the show get the podcast armstrong and getty on demand armstrong and getty Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Queer rights, trans rights. We say no to genocide. Queer rights, trans rights. We say no to genocide. No more chanting. No more chanting. That's my favorite chant. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, The disclaimer first. Um, I love women in general, especially the women in my life, including my daughters, my late mother. Without women, the world would be an ugly place. Uh, On the other hand, I agree with, it's actually the words of Winston Smith in, uh, in George Orwell in 1984, but, um, 
It was always the women, and above all the young ones, who were the most bigoted adherents of the party, the swallowers of slogans, the amateur spies and nosers out of unorthodoxy. There's something about young womanhood that makes young women incredibly easy to radicalize that I just find really interesting. Um, Maybe the dudes are too busy chasing the young women or playing sports or something. Um, But anyway... Uh, I've come across a couple of pieces of thinking about the radical philosophies on campuses these days that are leading to such horrific specters as projecting uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist, whatever, um, slogans on the on a library funded by survivors of the Holocaust um, on one of the university campuses. They're all half crazed right now, so I can't remember which one is which. Um but number one, John McWhorter, who's brilliant, um, I guess he's known as a linguist mostly, but he's, he's a thinker, he's a philosopher, um, wrote a piece about, uh, this is the ultimate condescension toward Palestinians, Palestinians, a patronizing racism in the idea that slaughtering innocent people equates to noble freedom fighting, as if this were the only way to respond to oppression of whatever sort. Mass murder, these leftists suggest, is the understandable consequence of Jewish colonization. Such a perspective is deeply insulting to Palestinian humanity. It implies that Palestinians are so controlled by circumstances that they lack agency, and they can't be expected to behave according to the same ethical standards of those who refrain from mass murder of children. And he says, uh, he's a black man for what it's worth, but he says, although obviously on a vastly different magnitude of wrongdoing, we see something similar when progressives excuse criminal behavior perpetrated by black Americans. Amid the riots that broke out after George George Floyd's murder, some argued sincerely that the looting and vandalism, uh, was a, which was generally in neighborhoods where people of color reside and own businesses, it was a constructive statement of protest. Um, sure, rioting is the language of the unheard. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's a great slogan. Uh, And then the other thing I came across that I thought was really interesting, Adam Kirsch wrote this for the Wall Street Journal. Campus radicals and leftist groups have embraced the deadly idea of settler colonialism. A political theory about Israel and the U.S. helps explain why some extremists excuse Hamas's massacre. And as I said earlier, the one thing young people really hunger for is a grossly, ridiculously oversimplified worldview that they can then get angry about. Man, you feed them that? Oh, like bees to honey. So, for instance, he goes into after the Hamas attack that killed the 1,400 or so Israelis, many of them horribly tortured. We, We know the stories, raped, burned alive. Uh, many Americans were indignant to see academic and left-wing organizations issuing statements that excused or implicitly endorsed the massacre. Such sentiments are not surprising, however, to anyone who follows the way Israel and Palestine have long been discussed in those quarters. And it has to do with settler colonialism, a term that often appears in the pro-Hamas statements collected by various organizations. Various chapters of the Democratic Socialists of America have decried settler colonial Zionist apartheid and called to decolonize Palestine from the river to the sea, which, of course, as we all know, is a slogan calling for the elimination of the state of Israel. Um, 
so before we get into how awful and ridiculous this philosophy is, he uh, he quotes a definition offered by Cornell Law School's Legal Information Institute. Settler colonialism is, quote, a system of oppression based on genocide and colonialism that aims to displace a population of a nation, oftentimes indigenous people, and replace it with a new settler population. The classic example being Europeans coming to North America and taking the land, quote unquote, from the... Uh, Native people. Any response at this point, Jack? No. uh, Okay. Um, So in this view, the Jewish state is only one example of the type of regime that must be combated around the world, including in the U.S., For instance, Truthout, a far-left publication, writes that, quote, an understanding of settler colonialism remains essential for anyone seeking to make sense of daily injustices in Palestine and many other places, including the U.S. Uh, Several local chapters of Black Lives Matter uh, identified the struggle against American racism with Hamas. It's they keep throwing Mm. around the same term, settler colonialism. That's a heck of a stretch. And, and, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, do you remember for like a year, couple of years probably, I'm getting old, so time passes by like I'm a dog. Um, everybody was always talking about chattel slavery there for a year or two, for a cup of coffee, as the kids say. Chattel slavery. It's a term they'd use, they'd learned in, in universities, colleges. You don't need to call it chattel slavery. Everybody understands what slavery is. There's not like slavery for pay or or, or like uh, slavery during the summer, then you get the rest of the year off or whatever. No, slavery is slavery. But they're desperate to throw around these terms professors have taught them so they can sound intellectual and, and like they have arguments on their side and they're not just knee-jerk adherence to an oversight, oversimplified philosophy that lets them get angry. Interesting. Anyway, that's a, a bit of a tangent. I got to admit, um, the first time I heard somebody say chattel slavery, I thought, why did you just define it? Have put that adjective in front of it. Is that different than the other kind of slavery? No, chattel just means something that's owned, essentially. Yeah, we get that. That's kind of implied in the other word. The uh, Southern Poverty Law Center is is down with this stuff, too. Uh, As Tucker Carlson has often pointed out, I've always liked this about the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're not in the South. They're not. That has nothing to do with the law or poverty. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> other than that, it's pretty accurate, their name. Yeah. So, um, and then he goes into a bit of history of colonial movements and that sort of thing and how there's, I mean, there's like when the French were were uh, running Vietnam, they had no tie to that. There weren't like millions of French people that had moved there over the course of centuries or anything like that. It's a very different case than, say, Israel or the United States. But he points out, uh, does Mr. Kirsch, I believe his name is, uh, freeing a settler colonial society is a very different prospect since it would presumably mean expelling many millions of people who were born in the land they are said to have colonized. Modern Jewish settlement in what is now Israel began in the 1880s. English settlement of North America in the 1600s. If the descendants of those first arrivals are still considered settlers in 2023... Doing the math, that's 423 years later, then the word no longer has its ordinary meaning. Instead, it is a permanent, inheritable marker of guilt, like bourgeois, a class label in the Soviet Union. Even advocates of anti-colonial ideology know that there's no prospect of actually decolonizing the U.S., for, for instance. The most they hope for is symbolic expressions. 
Uh, and these statements are often, often historically ill-informed, but they're not really about historical facts. They advance a political thesis that in a just world, every territory would be occupied only by the people who, who belong there. But this, this could be a great time to go off into a discussion of the many, many, many times the various the, the, the specific land we're talking about in modern-day Israel has traded hands over and over and over again. You want to go back 75 years. Okay, that's the rightful law. Hey, no, wait, let's go back 40 years before that. Different folks. 100 years before that, forget it. 1,000 years, different answer. 1,000 years before that. And I might point out that these people frequently overlook intentionally, or they're just so ignorant they don't know it. The entire history of Islam is the history of conquest. That's what Muhammad told his people to do. Go out and capture these lands in the name of Islam. So you want to talk about settler colonialism? Shut up. That's a good point. Islam ran uh, most of that part of the world for a long time. Then it got taken back again by somebody else. Yeah, like, so who gets, you know, modern-day Turkey and and, and the the former Soviet republics that are heavily Muslim? The Christians who had them before, the the natives, what do you people? Uh, By the way, it's exhausting to even have to argue against something so dopey. Speaking of Turkey, ally of the United States in quotes, frenemy N- at best, NATO member. President Erdogan came out yesterday and said Hamas is not a terrorist organization. Oof, from a NATO member. Yeah, I beg to differ. And get rid of that mustache. It looks terrible. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Hey, it seems like about... low down on the list of complaints. Eh, that's why I enjoyed it so much. Uh, we're all about saving money these days with the inflation. Man, is it awful. Gas prices, grocery shopping. We want to tell you about a new great way to save Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. That would be all of us. Anybody getting slammed by inflated prices? Yeah, everyone. So to get started, you download the free Upside app, you use the promo code ARMSTRONG, and get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business on the app, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. You get cash back on every purchase. 4.8 stars on the App Store uh, rating, so people are really loving it once they get it. 4.8, that's high. Download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Armstrong to get 25%, or I'm sorry, 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Again, that's the Upside app, and you want to use that code Armstrong. A lot of people weighing in on what you should eat at McDonald's since I said I went there last night. Jack, you need to try the double quarter pounder with cheese deluxe in all caps. It adds another level to that burger. Amazing. I don't know what the deluxe gets you, but the Mm. one I had was darn good, I'll tell you that. First bite, it was like, this is amazing. How do they make anything taste this good? So one more thought on the whole anti-colonialism thing. Uh, ironically, while anti-colonialism looks at itself as a progressive left-wing ideology, it is, it's neo-Marxism in that all of this stuff you'll notice, whether it's critical race theory or queer theory or whatever, is, the, the, at the end is, so we need to tear the system down. 
because the Marxists couldn't unite the workers of the world, so now they're going with sexual minorities, whatever. But anyway, uh, while they think of themselves as lefties, this understanding of the relationship between people and land is very similar to that of fascism, 20th century fascism in particular, which was always obsessed with categories of native and alien. The Nazi slogan, blood and soil, conveyed the idea that German land could only truly belong to its primeval inhabitants, the tribes that later became Germans. So congratulations. Y- y'all have a lot in common with the Nazis for allegedly enlightened people. Y- you believe only the uh, primeval inhabitants should be on the land and you want to wipe out the Jews. Other than that, there's not much to say. Separate dorms for white people and black people, etc. Yeah, you put the clan out of business because you're so good at racism. I mean, there's no point. Um, we should probably get to an update and a few of the arguments, the usual arguments that are bumping around this latest mass shooting up there in Maine. A couple of developments since we last talked about it and some other things. I hope you can stick around. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first 9 to 5 job after college, and I'm in person, and I'm commuting in the city, and it takes me forever and i don't get home till like 6 15 earliest and then like i don't have time to do anything i don't i want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god the nine to five schedule in general is crazy so that's a girl melting down over her 9-to-5 schedule with her first job out of college. I, uh, I assume we're supposed to mock that. But I uh, do remember, I worked all through college, but then I got out of college, and then I was working a different job for AT&T while I was also doing radio, and it was 9-to-5. 
And it was the first time I'd ever done nine to five. And uh, I remember looking out the window. It had become summertime. And I was looking out the window and thinking, wow, this is summer now. It's summer, but I'm still here nine to five every day. Is this the rest of my life? And I was looking around at all the old people. They were all old to me. I was 23 or whatever. Um, Just thinking, oh, my God, is this the rest of my life? Do you get used to this? I was just, well, I don't think my soul has ever felt as dead as it did right then. So I, I you know, it's a shock to your system. I, I remember distinctly having a conversation with my dad. Uh, what, he gets the harp and I don't? Gladys, playing favorites, are we? Saying, you know what? I kind of get, not kind of, I absolutely get now the concept of, oh, I'm trading like all my useful time to you for pay. I think I'm going to find something I like doing better than this. So, yeah, I'm not going to mock that young girl. No, it's a slap in the face. And she admits later in the clip she's PMSing, so she's a little emotional. (laughs) Oh, jeez, you had to go there. She went there. Why'd she go there? She's a young woman, and she's not uh, freaked out about the cycles of life, Jack. The curse? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, Way to kick it, Calvinist 1906. (laughs) So here's the main information I want out of that horrifying shooting from last night. Well, first, I'd like to hear that the guy's dead so he doesn't kill any more people, but he's still on the loose. How did a guy who was in a mental institution saying he was hearing voices and specifically saying he wanted to shoot up a military base what, did did do we know if he bought his guns after that, or did he already have guns and was able to hang on to them? They have something in Maine. They don't have red flag laws. They have something called yellow flag laws, which are uh, a step toward. Uh, it depends on how you look at it. It's a step away from confiscating guns from okay. red flag laws. So they they have some of the softest gun laws in Maine that exist in the country. But a guy who's in a mental institution for a couple of weeks. Talking about shooting up someplace should not have guns. Do we all agree on that? I think we all agree on that. I think we do. Absolutely, yeah. Is there any way to institute that that uh, squares with the Second Amendment and the Supreme Court and everything? I think we need to take a look at the facts of the case, as usual. I guess the question would be, when do you get them back? Like I said earlier, you don't lose your First Amendment rights because you're in a mental institution. No, I I think it's probably comes down to the reasonable person test of the Supreme Court and the balancing of rights versus uh, the rights of other people not to be killed. Uh, I can I can speechify like I'm Thomas Jefferson on steroids. I'm not going to kill anybody. I can force you to quarter troops all day long, but nobody's going to die. Right. Um, yeah. So it's tough. And I understand the appeal to lefties. Uh, it's just one thing. It's gun control. We've got to do something. And then as you confront them with the difficulties of it, the arguments kind of break down. But uh, that's not that's not despair. Let's take a look at this case. Let's look at the facts of it. Let's talk about what could have been done, what we need to do in the future, whether it's mental illness, gun laws, whatever. Next case that comes up, God forbid, I hope it doesn't, but I know it will. Let's take a look at those facts. Let's assess logically what could have been done and what we can do going forward. It would be all we can do. It would be angering, but more comforting in a way if I were the people on the left screaming on Twitter or on cable news who feel like there's a simple fix to this. 
We could eliminate the mass shootings today if the evil Republicans who are in the pocket of the NRA would just do what we all want. I I don't buy that at all. Oh, no. Um, but um, but it would be somewhat comforting and very angering, as I said, to know there's a fix out there. It's so easy. You just need to do it. And remember, that argument gets people to the polls like crazy. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people believe it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's an emotional appeal to something that's not realistic. But, yeah, that's most of politics, honestly. Yeah, man. I know my first reaction to it was, what the hell? Angry, well, crazy 40-year-old white male. Again, which is getting a lot of attention also. Yeah. So uh, immigration news that got buried under the headlines of the day, including uh, border crossers are replacing uh, union workers at L.A. hotels, allegedly. Wow. Interesting. Speaking of unions, there's some movement in the auto worker strike we should talk about. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.